Welcome to Inner Power Particles. I'm Farhat, the host of the podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs and leaders about how they have solved the challenges in their life or business and how it has transformed into new inner strength in them. And with this, we want to help that you also can look at your life or business situations and see how you can solve the challenges in them and through that transform them also into new inner strengths, inner power particles in you. Enjoy the show. Hello, Henry, and uh, thank you for finding time for this interview. Hello, and thanks, Farad. And uh, I want to start with a simple question to ground us. Um, Can you share with us what you do today? Uh, I'm the CEO of Jobilla. Uh, The company has now been growing pretty fast. We are uh, focusing on uh, recruitment space, helping companies to find the right talent using social media advertising. Hmm. You are CEO and you are also co-founder, right? Yes, yes. Um, And uh, can you share a bit about how uh, you became CEO and co-founder in Jubilla? Yes, this is actually an interesting story. I was not in the very first day when the company was was founded. I was not part of the team. But on the very very early days of Jubilla, when it was still finding the concepts, uh, Tommy, actually, my my good friend, we we had run actually our first business together when we were 20-year-old. Uh, we happened to go to play tennis together and uh, I had just uh, jumped out from my previous company or I was jumping out. I still I had still like few projects going on for that but I, ha- I was already in the stage of, of, of exiting that company. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, during that time I had made my own business plan about recruitment company. My, my vision was perfect matching between candidates and companies. Because I had found so many challenges in my previous business, how there was so much friction in this. And then I, then I noticed that when I discussed with Tommy and they had just started Jobilla, uh, how similarly we thought about the vision, what we would want to achieve, uh, what Tommy and, and uh, that time Mikael, his, his uh, original co-founder, uh, what they had been planning on on. on for Jobilla and what I had been planning for my my not yet founded company, and uh, and then at that time we uh, I actually uh, uh, decided to come to First C and and how they operated and I got excited of the of the of the way Tommy and Mikael worked and how they what was their their passion in the company and also I think it was so in line for what I wanted to do so we decided to join forces but actually. Uh, that time, Jobila was building completely different solution than what we are doing today. So we have, after that, we have pivoted a couple of times to different business concepts. So basically, the compa- company has been uh, like reorganized and refunded basically after after that. And also, also the other co- original co-founder, Mikael, left the company, and 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 me and Tommy are are the ones left. How many this. years uh, have passed since you joined? Uh, now it has been, is it seven or eight years? Yeah. Oh, it's quite a long period. Already. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, many founders are uh, hoping to get out with a good exit after three to five years. How do you feel after these years of the <laughs> yeah. company? Yeah, um, I think uh, this is for for many people. I actually was was thinking before I understood anything about startup world that you can do basically exit in one or two years. Okay. <laughs> but. Uh, but then um, 
then uh, when when I really realized uh, or, or when we found out how, how how much struggle it is actually to build something that works and then start scaling it, I think actually building a successful startup from scratch to the point where it's actually a valuable company and you're able to exit it in five years, I think in most cases it's really optimistic. Probably there is some companies that have been achie achieving that. Uh, especially I know that people with previous backgrounds show that they have, for example, one exit already behind them. Then you can maybe do it in even three years or two years. But if it's your first company, uh, especially in a digital space, I would prepare mentally at least that the uh, journey is going to be taking probably closer to 10 years than, than, than five years. And, uh, and I think also something that, that uh, if, if in the beginning of the company exit is the target, that you, you, you want to start the company so that you can get out from the company. I think it's, it's, it's a pretty pl bad place to be, actually. Uh, I have also had uh, moments in this journey where uh, I, I have noticed that, that having some sort of successful exit have been, for me, one of the core drivers. But actually, I have noticed that at those times we have been performing in our worst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when the driver is something else than exiting the company, when the driver is actually making the company as great as you can, and actually also I think this is something that changes your view because if you, if you want to make the company great company where you also feel good, you don't, suddenly the vision for the exit starts a little bit like fade away. You don't, you don't it's the same thing that if you would get married to, to get divorced. <laughs> that, that's a pretty bad place to get, get started from. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying that what's important is that you build, uh, build, you build sellable company, but you build it so that you almost as if don't want to sell it. Exactly. And this is actually something that we are right now doing, that we are creating this kind of vision for the company a uh, very concrete one. We, are, of course, we have vision that we want to solve, but we are also building this more concrete vision uh, of what Jobila needs to look like in order for us to be a very valuable company. It doesn't mean that we need to sell it, but we want all the pieces be there so that it doesn't matter if we sell, if we list it on the stock market, or if we want to stay private. But anyway, the company as it is is valuable because I think at the end of the day you want to create something that creates a lot of value and, and is done correctly as a company should be done and in that case it is also a valuable company. If your company doesn't have any value so then something has been done wrongly in the, in the, in the, in the journey. Yeah, so you joined the team when there was already a team and a company yeah. uh, but you are the CEO. Yeah. How and why this happened? Mm. Actually, when, the, when I joined the team, uh, uh, the company was basically full of energy, but very little structure, like, like very, very, very little structure. And there was also a lot of different projects going on. There was not even a clear focus what we were going to be doing. Actually, Chobila was just one of the projects that we were doing. We had a lot of different things that we were doing for different kind of customers. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then when I joined the business, uh, I started questioning this, like shouldn't we pick something that we actually want to focus on? And uh, and uh, and what is 
what is the because because uh, I think w for such a small company, you cannot solve all the world problems in the world. No. You need to pick something because pick, solving even one problem very well, very well, it's super difficult. If you want to solve five problems at the same time, you gotta be really genius and really, really, really like uh, experienced in this. So um, I started to put more focus like that. And then uh, uh, I think uh, I'm also like I'm, we have done this PI analysis with you also and predictive, uh, index. predictive index. Yes, exactly. And I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm also quite in this line driving profile, but, but more balanced balanced, for example, if you look at the objective and subjective decision making, I'm quite in the middle of there. So I think, I think uh, uh, it's a start, started to flow naturally in this direction. I didn't, I didn't put my hand up and say that I want to be the CEO. I, I was actually executing a lot of tasks that CEOs should be executing uh -huh. because I, I just noticed that ne these needs, things need to be done and, uh, and uh, they were not executed at the time. And I'm also this kind of person that if I, if I see a challenge that needs to be solved, I go and solve, solve it. I don't just leave it there. Yes. And, uh, and then it, I think it was more like a natural transition that at some point I, I started realizing that actually not being the CEO started, started to become a roadblock for me to fix things in the company. Hmm. <laughs> because because some, sometimes you need a mandate. Sometimes it's that you need to be able to write your name in the document, or sometimes you need to be able to say the last word in a meeting or something like that. And, uh, and because I didn't have that, uh, sometimes it, it became a roadblock for, for not getting things done. And, and, uh, and then actually at one point, I remember when I, when I just raised my hand up in one meeting and said that, Hey, I think, uh, uh, uh maybe, maybe the most logical choices would be that I would be the CEO and everybody else were like, yeah, actually sounds like a good idea. Wait, Let's so do that. Yeah. So, so that, that wasn't like a hard, hard, uh, negotiation or anything, or it wasn't something that I was pushing myself into it. Actually, one of the very, very first things when I, when I joined the company was that I can play any other role in the company, but I will never be the CEO. That was oh. what I, what I said in the beginning. I actually never wanted to be a CEO. I wasn't CEO in my previous company. Yeah. Uh, my business partner was the CEO, and I was I was uh, actually super happy about that structure. And and I have actually no ambition of being a CEO. I have ambition of being a good entrepreneur. But I've noticed also that now, at least for now, when I've been playing the CEO role for quite a while, it has actually taught me a lot about how to be a better entrepreneur. Because in this position, you actually learn the business much more than than in. In I I don't think in any other role you don't you don't have this kind of view and responsibility at the same time. So uh, speaking of learnings and more about learnings about yourself, you today and you let's say eight years ago, yeah. uh, how you lead things. Yes. Uh, what has changed? Uh, actually, this was this is very interesting question because uh, in my previous business. Uh, my business partner was very structured. He was very like uh, detail oriented, but also like very social person. So actually, he, his nickname to me was an artist. Okay. So so I was more like the creative one, 
the one that was 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 innovating ideas and pushing new thing, things forward and things like that. And okay, I'm still doing that. But I think what has changed a lot is that I've became a lot more like him. I'm I'm now much more structured. I'm much more uh, precise. I'm much more clear in communication. Uh, because it's it's not because it comes very naturally from me. Okay, it's it, it's not super unnatural for me either, but my very most natural way of being is maybe this a little bit more artistic and 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 flexible kind of person. Yeah. But uh, but I've just noticed that if I want to perform in this role, I need to be more precise. I need to be more detail oriented. I need to be uh, more clear in my words, uh, and uh, and also something that has changed a lot is confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, I've at at the very early days when I was CEO, I noticed that it was a little bit challenging for me to take this role as a CEO, which means that you're the basically the highest authority of decision making in the company, and uh I like my natural way of, of thinking things is more like I, I would want things to be very equal and, and also like make decisions that everybody like and things like that. But now I've, I've noticed that that's, that's not very efficient way of leading leading company or any project. Uh, you of course want to include people in the decision making, but then there needs to be an authority also in the company to make things efficient. And, that is something that I've I've learned also to to be a little bit more authoritative. This is a very valuable <laughs> topic. So how we make decisions in the leadership yeah. team. Yeah. So what you're saying is that uh, in, in the early years you were more uh, more uh, looking for consensus yes. uh, type of decisions, and today it's different. Can you walk through like how do you yeah. how do you approach decision making today? Yeah. Actually, still I'm at I'm at the very first place I'm looking for consensus that's the thing like I think it's better if people naturally agree on something that is and 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 uh, because because if if everybody are like if everybody has, are agreeing that this is a good thing then you don't need to sell to anybody like okay but we anyway need to go to that direction so so it's not a bad way to do a decision but but when there there are situations where where uh, there are, for example, two good options, mm -hmm. and then you just need to need to choose. And there are like like somebody might think that the other option is still good, and others think then then somebody needs to cut the conversation. Okay, we do this. And and previously, uh, it was more about if if the majority of the people think that this is a good option, then it's a good option. But now yeah. now I think it's uh, it's that you need to trust your instincts and you need to trust your own vision for the company and, and for example um, where we are going to take this company it needs to come basically the vision needs to come from the CEO that we want to go to that direction and this is something that I also noticed previously that, that I didn't have the confidence to say that hey this ship is sailing to that direction do you want to be in this ship or do you want to go to some other ship but but this is because but if it's like uh, the ship is here and we start agreeing hey would you want to which one of you want to go that direction? Yes. How many of you want to go that direction? What we want to do? So, so that's that's not going to be a very efficient company, in my opinion. Yeah, 
I just want to highlight what you just said that the vision needs to come from the CEO. I would yeah. even paraphrase it: the one who has the vision is the CEO. Yes, yes, yes. So, but uh, to be able to do this way, you you really need to have a self belief uh, that mm. I believe that what I do will prevail. Yeah. Um, how do you build it up? Um, I think it's uh, yeah, that's that's a good good question. And I think it comes from uh, being really like like this comes this goes to a little bit more like deeper topics. I think it's it's not just just about believing in your cause or believing in your vision. It's it's also about uh, solving these uh, inner challenges that we have. Mm -hmm. Like I think every single human being has these challenges from the childhood and and have these like. Um, uh, even traumas and, 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 and things like that, that that take our sort of confidence down and, and uh, uh, it may like those kind of past traumas can can actually make make you not believe in your in your vision even though or, or at least not be able to have the courage to execute it even though the vision itself would be amazing yeah and um, and I think for me uh, a very big thing in this this uh, of, of becoming more confident in my vision also is not it has actually nothing to do about the vision but it has it has more about me believing more in myself and my gut feeling and also being more aligned with myself so in order to be a good ceo one needs to have a vision but in order to have a vision one needs to believe in oneself and uh, have a good connection with the gut feeling yeah, yeah. And or or you can have this vision, but in order to be able to have the courage to actually execute it, is something that you act because I think it's uh, very often you start doubting doubting yourself. Yeah. And this kind of thing, and and it it very often it's not it has nothing to have with the vision, that your vision wouldn't be good. It's more about not trusting yourself. But when we start to doubt ourselves, this is uh, also when some outside signals are confronting what we believe. Yes. So how do you find this balance between my vision, my gut feel, this is how it should be, and then the, let's say, let's call it early market signals or yeah. outside reality signals push you to that, no, this is not going to happen like this. Yeah. So when is the right time to, okay, to give up and change? And yeah. when is the time to per persevere through? Yeah. I think this is something that, that, uh, uh, I don't remember what book it was, but there was this concept of, of, of game of chess. And when you actually, when you play game of chess, for example, I'm not a very good player in it, by the way, but, but uh, know the basics. But, but if, uh, if you think about the really big masters in the world, they have been studying different concepts and different strategies of the chess game, like, like tens and tens and tens and tens of years. But at the end of the day, at some point, you can basically just trust your instincts. In the like, when there is this move that you need to make, you just have the gut feeling, and it it has this. I think the more you have experience and the more you have self confidence in you, the more you can actually start trusting your instinct. It's something that that it's not very logical thing to think about this way, but this is something that I have also like noticed that that. When we are, and, and business is a very, very broad world. It's, it's, it, it has a lot more concepts than, than chessboard. Mm -hmm. 
And, and this is something that I, I start, I try to be very aware uh, of the things in business that I am very experienced in, and then things in business where I still don't have so much experience and, and, and knowledge about. And, and when we are in a field of business where I, 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 I think that I know already quite much of the data and I have a lot of practical things to, to like practical information, then I just try to listen to myself and have a gut feeling that, hey, what should I do? And then I very often just go with the gut feeling. Okay, I have, but I also use this in, in much more abstract uh, methods. For example, if I have a challenging situation with, with some of the people in the organization, yeah. I just try to have a like, gut, gut feeling, okay, what would be the right way to start solving this? Mm-hmm. So I, not, I don't, I, I try not to like too much, like put too much logic in it, mm-hmm. but I just like, okay, what is my feeling? How I should approach this? And then I just follow the f- intuition. Okay, let's approach it this way. And very often the feeling decisions actually work a lot better than, uh, than the logically better. You mentioned uh, intuition and feeling also here in one sentence. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, a few minutes before, yeah. you also mentioned this in correlation with the childhood experiences and yes. also some uh, harder experiences. Uh, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate a bit? Yeah, that's that's a good good question because, uh, okay, I've been actually, I have started this inner work with myself uh, years before I, I joined Jovilla. Uh, uh, and uh, but but uh, if I look at the past past years, I have gone a lot forward of, of where I was when I joined Jobilla. So uh, I think the the inner work and this this uh, like traumatizing experiences from your childhood and also your 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 challenges with yourself, they are something that that. If if building a business needs time, that needs time also. So I think this is something that people should should give themselves a lot of lot of time and mercy when you're when you're solving those those challenges because because getting to the start is actually it's really hard and it's really painful uh, to start digging the like painful wounds from the past and and yeah. at first it feels like just you open this box of Pandora. Gets and worse. Then, then just, it just gets worse and there's a stuff stuff comes out and you have this feeling that hey this is never gonna end and, and there is just like the more I dig the, the worse I'm, I'm feeling but but then suddenly there comes this point where it starts to progress from there and um, and actually uh, all of all of the the challenging moments also when you dig those emotions have they are actually really valuable. They give you strength in in the in the journey also. And then uh, uh, something that I I've, I've noticed that I became so much better in understanding emotions, for example, so understanding my emotions and feelings. Uh, this is a big realization. I think this year has been a big breakthrough breakthrough for me in this topic. Is that that. Uh, uh, they are they are a system as any other system basically your yes. feeling and emotion system are just they are in your body for a reason 
yes. and there is no good feelings and bad feelings but there is there is a system that has built in into you for certain purpose and nowadays i have i, I have started to use this this kind of method that if i if i have for example a negative emotion about something then i start to look at it okay what my in, in this kind of objective way, like what is my emotional system trying to tell me right now? Mm -hmm. What is now happening inside me? So I'm not going in this kind of like adding negative emotion on top of negative emotion cycle where I previously was that I was feeling a little bit bad and then I was feeling bad about feeling bad. <laughs> but, but now going into this kind of more objective way, okay, hey, I have this feeling, something is now irritating me or something is triggering me. Something makes me sad, something makes me angry, something makes me a little bit afraid or something. And then I try to look at, okay, what is happening right now? What is going on? Why this thing actually triggers me so much? And then it opens doors. Mm -hmm. So what you are saying is that self-development, which all founders uh, need, is not only reading books, Mm. But it's also understanding yourself better. Yes. But to understand yourself better, you also need to open the closets. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Early past. Yeah. And I, I have actually al also changed the approach a little bit. Because previously, I was doing self development in order to be better as a CEO or better in my work or better in this. But now I have actually changed it in the other way around that I'm a CEO in order to have access to more intense self-development work. So basically, actually, I think that this whole, whole reason why I am here as a CEO of this company is actually because it's the best path for me to grow as a human being mm. right now. This is a very interesting perspective. So it's as if to say that uh, the business is for you to support your growth. Yes. Self-development, self-discovery. Yes. And also, uh, uh, I think uh, the best way to grow yourself is also to add value to other human beings. And uh, I think the business is also a great platform. This is something that I've also started to realize that, that because in this kind of uh, business that we do scalable scalable services, there is this like uh, not like viral effect or, or, or this kind of effect that you can actually have much more impact to the world than just sitting in your room and doing self-development and meditation practice, even though that could actually <laughs> open another other, other set of doors, not to say like which one is more important, but that, but I think it's also inspiring that, that you can see also the value that you can create to other human beings. And I think also if we think about Jobila's brand, which is potential fulfilled, you cannot directly link it actually to recruiting. Okay, you can add, when we explain it, it's, it's also fits perfectly into space of recruitment, but it has a lot, yeah. a lot of deeper meanings, which means that we are here to fulfill our own maximum potential to grow as human beings and also make this kind of platform for everybody who's working with us or is our customers or otherwise linked into this company. So we want to 
increase people's potential. You are now touching the subject of also companies and founders' purpose. Yeah. Uh, but before we go into it, uh, just to conclude the previous topic, so in terms of self-development and uh, getting to know yourself better and grow, what has worked for you? So what would you recommend is this, uh, some books or some yeah. methods or... Yeah. Okay, one thing that I, I need to recommend is having some sort of mentor. This is, this is something that has really skyrocketed uh, my, my personal growth when, when I have started to work with Rain from, from Cocoon. Uh, and I think in this case, some sort of mentor that is not just interested of building a good business, but is also interested of this personal growth of, as a human being. Because I think you basically cannot separate those two things from, from each other. They, they overlap. If you're stuck personally, it's very hard for you to get forward as a, as a company either. Uh, uh, then uh, uh, I think uh, there is so many so many different books uh, uh, that that I could Which recommend. Which highlights? For yeah, you? Uh, I think when we when we talk about uh, business growth, uh, I think number one book is Challenger Sale for for us, which is. Uh, then it goes to very practically how to work with customers. Uh, if I would ask uh, uh, a personal development book that I would, I would recommend, uh, I think um, hmm. here I actually I, I don't bring. There is a lot of lot of different good books that I've read, but I would say the biggest uh, self development like growth that took, took for me was when I attended Anthony Robbins' seminars. Uh, I have also read his books, but I think s seminars are better mm -hmm. in, in his case. But when I, when I joined those seminars when I was 20-something, this was really something that kicked off this enthusiasm for me to work with myself. Okay, yeah. I think if, if people are already further in the path and that you're already exploring yourself and things like that, but I, I, I want to highlight him because he was the one for me that gave this like really big kickstart that hey, yeah, I'm I'm really wanting to explore more of this. Uh -huh. Very well. Yeah, I know many people who are grateful uh, yes. for his work. Yes, yes. <laughs> At the same time, many people who are saying not nice things, but I'm more yes. on the first front of grateful. Also. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so touching the topic of uh, purpose or mission, you started. Okay, you, you came up with an idea to improve the recruitment area based yeah. on your own experience. Yes. So you started with a need rather than, okay, what's my next startup to earn piles of cash? Yes. So, and uh, now several years later, you are in the recruitment business. What do you feel is it that you are doing for people? Um, I think that's, that's a good question. And I actually have thought about it quite much. Uh, and if you think about uh, people's lives, you basically, one third of your life you sleep, then uh, one third of your, your life is some sort of free time where you do everything else in, the, in life, yeah. and then one third of your life you work, basically. So it's, it's, it's a big amount of time uh, that we actually, ha about half of the time awake a normal person spends on their work. And uh, 
and if we think about it from this perspective, there is so many people who don't like what they do. They hate their work or they have some sort of toxic environment where they don't feel well. And, uh, and I think it's a huge opportunity uh, to offer these people something better, something that would be more suitable for them. And, um, and one thing that I've noticed uh, in this space is that the friction in changing process of jobs, like, like the reason that, that you need to spend hours of filling a single job application and you need to spend hours of searching for your job and things like that, it just blocks people from taking this step. Yeah. From, from, uh, they just get stuck in the works, like in, in a workplace that is not good for them. And in our case, what we want to deliver is an easy path. It, we don't promise that the next, next job that we, Jobilla offers is a perfect match for you, but at least we open your window. We open a window to look, is, could there be something else out there? And, uh, and fortunately, we are uh, that far in the, in the journey that actually, for example, this year, this far, we have helped uh, over 6,000 people to change their lives from, from, from a job they were necessarily not any, any more happy to something that's hopefully better for them. So I think that's, uh, that's many lives changed, and this, this makes me really happy. So you, you really take care to know and to feel what are you doing for your clients, not, not on a functional level, but on life experience level. Yes, yes. And I think this is something that, that I, yeah, we, we should do even more. But I think it's the, it's the most inspiring when, thing that we hear these stories from the actual, actual candidates that, that lives have changed. For example, we have this one employee... Uh, in Germany, whose life partner was uh, working in hotel industry, yeah. and he was absolutely hating his job, and he was even like it was creating challenge to their relationship because uh, he came home so always so angry and so so frustrated, and then actually before uh, this person even even joined Jobilla, uh, um, the partner had had found job through Jobilla campaign, mm-hmm. and is now loving uh, the job. It's actually now, and he has not just found a better job, he has become more happy human being, and their relationship is better. So that kind of stories are, are the ones that really excite me. It, it's like, it, it creates this feeling that, yeah, we actually made a positive impact to mm-hmm. this world. So this means that uh, recruiters who uh, want to have people who are better aligned and feel better in their company mm. can find such people through or with the support of Jubila. Yes, yes, and of course, uh, uh, in re- in recruitment there is responsibility and in in all the all the sectors of the process. So basically, if you think about recruiters, uh, the very end game is then actually to be able to provide such a work environment that is actually better for the people. And this yes. is something that we cannot influence, unfortunately. That would be amazing if we could change all the companies to be better workplaces, but, but, but we are not there at least yet. Uh, but uh, like I said, we can, 
we can at least open this window. And, and, and also, uh, I think there are a lot of companies that, they, or, or if you think about recruiting, it's, it's more about like being a good fit for this particular person. It's not necessarily mean that the company that is a good fit for one person is a good fit, fit for another person. I, but I think when the, when the processes are very, like, like very fast and very efficient, uh, when, it's, when it's easy to go and check and see if there would be something that would interest me, uh, the odds that people would get actually to work to jobs that they love is much higher because uh, you, you more easily check, hey, okay, would this company be good? Oh, no. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay, not for me. Okay, what about the next one? Oh, this, this looks better. Yes. So, so uh, but, but like I said, I think the worst thing is that when people get really stuck into something that they have been doing it for 20 years, they absolutely hate to go to work every day, but people feel that it's just so much effort and they don't do the work to actually go to another job. Yeah. Uh, being mindful of time, also a uh, few last questions. Yes. Uh, I want to end with what we started, uh, but to continue on the thread of uh, someone being unhappy in their job. So, uh, as I know from my experience being as a mentor and mm. leading mentoring company, there are quite many CEOs who are unhappy in their job because mm. the, it's like four years have passed or five years have passed, still no considerable traction in the company. Yes. Uh, you say that. Uh, hey, it will come after year number eight or year number seven. So <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but what else would you say to these CEOs where, okay, I, the person has almost reached the threshold of their patience in yes. years, yes? Yes. But it's still struggle, 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 and the metrics not showing considerable growth. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, actually when there is this uh, talk about like at least in Finland, there is the saying of entrepreneurial freedom. Yeah, I think it's the basically the opposite. <laughs> Being an entrepreneur is it's just like it's it's much like stronger cage than 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 it, it, like any traditional like employment work. Because basically, if you're employed somewhere, you can just one day you don't like you can you see a Chubila campaign and <laughs> in five minutes you can be in the next place. But yes. when you when you're when you're a founder and a CEO. You have invested so much of your time. You have maybe uh, a lot of investors already involved that you've committed into. Uh, you maybe have your own money in the company and, and all of this. So you have a lot of skin in the game. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really hard to stop even though you would feel already like really frustrated and bad and, and your, your passion is basically out. And I think also to this like finding a good mentor is, is really important because I think yeah, a mentor can maybe help to navigate the road out from the company if there is like if it's no longer aligned with what you want in life or then maybe mentor can find out of how to find the passion again yeah. uh, in the business of, of, of maybe maybe re like because this is like something that I think it's it's really important to maybe go back a little bit in time and remind yourself why you started the business in the first place mm -hmm. uh, what was the passion then and try to like go to the roots and, and and do the same things because because this is yeah there is also uh, 
I don't know where this uh, saying is from, but it, but being a CEO is a very lonely job. Even though you're always surrounded by other people, and you have your management teams, and you have your boards, and things like that. But at the end of the day, the responsibility is on you. You're very very alone alone with the responsibility of of when the hard day comes when you just your company is out of money and and you need to take it out it's your responsibility to some somehow get the money to the company bank account and and keep on going so so there uh, i can really relate to this really like uh, this feeling that you you have been probably as a mentor you have heard many times that ceos are really really they have probably a lot of anxiety but i have also had <laughs> throughout this journey a lot um, and and it's it's always also it's it's very hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel especially if the tunnel is very long <laughs> like you said but but i think uh, very like if it's possible to just build this belief that it's going to be i'm going to make it until the end and and this is this also comes down to a lot of this work with yourself like like do you really 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 believe in that so so belief in the fact that you're going to win at the end is going to give much more strength to the journey also that uh, just to put things in perspective uh, could you share what uh, was your company's revenue like after five years of work and what is it now either in uh, months or quarter or annual why approximately if we look at uh, uh, after five years we were at about one million a year Yes. Uh, ballpark, and now we are in about one million a month. Yes. Ballpark. So approximately, the the progress has been that that high that mm-hmm. we are now doing doing uh, the same same amount of revenue a month that we used to do back then in a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so light in the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, but yeah, the journey is not finished it's still we have exactly the same kind of trouble still today we have a lot of challenges and it feels even it feels today that we are we have just uh, like at least the same amount of challenges that we had <laughs> back then so it's just like i think the uh, very very often there is this idea that comes that hey after i solve these challenges then my life is going to be a little bit easier yes, yes. but it's not not <laughs> as long as you're in this game it's it's just gonna be different kind of challenges mark Zuckerberg probably in facebook has like really really tough challenges that he needs to solve exactly yeah. we can end on this positively pessimistic uh, note yeah. Yeah. that uh, the amount will not change the magnitude of challenges changes yes the, exactly uh, and therefore the inner strength has to grow exactly those bigger challenges exactly i think that is also and and also i think when the magnitude of challenges grow that if your inner power grows more than the magnitude of the challenges it it the feeling can get a little bit easier that's that's what has happened to me is that even though i think the magnitude of challenges have gone up but i don't feel that intensely bad about the challenges anymore so that is something that I can give a little bit light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel. That, that mental well-being has yeah, mel- better. Yeah, mel- mental well-being is now a lot better. Yeah. Okay, Henry, thank you very much for the conversation. Thank you, Farad. Thank you. <laughs>